0: If your gift is not enveloped in the love of Christ, it ultimately will not develop to will not become anything. For it to be fruitful, it needs to be in Christ. You can be a good teacher and not be a believer, but you won't be a fruitful teacher unless you are a believer. Come. Are coming for what well, well how was worship this week? Oh, it wasn't as good as it was last week, or how was the message this week? Oh, it was kind of flat this week. It's all about what I'm taking. It's almost like a pleasure cruise. I got the cruise mentality. Did they have good coffee this week? Or oh, was that meal good? Or it's all looked at from a, a pleasure cruise vantage point. That's not the design of the church. The design of the church is a rescue vessel because of the love and what Christ has done on the cross, and the reason that we get fired up about it is because we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, want to see you guys get fired up. So I ain't going to lie, I mean, I know, I know being a leader, being a youth pastor, you know, being an adult, alright, it takes a lot of time and energy to do life, just straight up, but uh, but to be able to come out and say, man, I'm going to give up two hours, three hours of my time, and then also, you guys did a car wash, is that right? Y'all gave up like a Saturday to go wash cars in the hot, in the sun, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but man, y'all are killing it with giving to speed the light. You really want to see Pastor Michael with no eyebrows? I'm just saying that is intense. That's a great youth pastor, right there. I I wouldn't even, I don't even know if I'd let them do that. Oh, snap! The wifey says that it wasn't even approved, so man. (laughs) that's awesome well hey um, it's an honor to be here tonight Uh, those of you who do not know me I don't know but uh, just to let you know I lead Youth Alive I'm a missionary um, and what Youth Alive is it helps students to continue to share Jesus in your schools and beyond Um, so we're just a ministry we're a mission and the biggest mission field in America friends is not Africa it's not the sports field it is your local school your school is your greatest mission field right now. And some of you guys are like, I know, I can't stand going to school. Well, guess what? God called you to go to the school that you go to. How many of you guys go to a Christian school? Raise your hand. How many of you guys go to a public school? Raise your hand. How many of you guys go to a charter school? Raise your hand. A charter school. That's a... Charter. I said charter. I said that weird. How many guys are homeschools in the house? Okay? Okay? So, no matter what school you guys go to, let me tell you something. God has called you for that school. If you're a homeschooler, I'm going to challenge you tonight to not just, "Hey, oh, I'm a homeschooler. I can't do anything for God in my home." I'm going to challenge you to adopt your local public school as your mission field. You say, "Well, I can't do that. I'm not even I don't even go on school property." Guess what? Change that. Go to your public school and start praying over your public school. There's no harm in that. Alright? Or, and even other Christians, you know what, an idea came to my mind is this. For those Christian school students, where you're at again, raise your hand. So like, here's the idea for Christian schools. Check this out. I went to a Christian school and I realized even myself that, wow, going to a Christian school does not make everybody a Christian. And we're all like, "What?" All right. So I realize there are unsafe people that go to Christian schools, and I say this: Christian school students, why can't you guys start Bible clubs in your own Christian school? Why can't you guys go and pray around your flagpole before your school day starts? Why can't you do that? If anything, Christian school students, you have an advantage that you should be taking that you should really be taking advantage of, because you go to Christian school. If you go to your Christian school counselor, say, "Hey, I want to start some kind of prayer group." Guess what? They're going to say, "Awesome, let's do it." public school student goes to their school council says, hey, I want to start a prayer group, they're going to say, oh, yeah? What's the name of it? What's your mission? Who's in charge? Like, they're going to question you up and down, okay? Um, but also this, this is the idea. Christian school students, why can't, I mean, I don't know what town your Christian school is, but why can't you go to your Christian school and say, hey, our local public school right next to the Christian school we should do something for that public school as a student body. We should go and pray over it. We should go and give free lunch to them. We should go do something on their very first day of school. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out because I know that time is short, friends. I know before you know it, you'll be graduating from high school. I know before you know it, honestly, if you look at the world events that were going on, according to Bible prophecy, Jesus is coming back very soon. So like, all I'm saying is, We don't have time to waste. So just because you go to Christian school, don't say, oh man, I I don't have to do anything. Everybody's already Christian. No, start dreaming. Start asking God what He wants you to do. 50% of a student's time awake is spent in your local school. And that's why we all hate going back to school. 90% of all all students across America will go through the public school system at some point ninety percent eight out of ten Christian adults all got saved before graduating high school making your local public school literally the greatest mission field of all time and the best way to reach students is through you guys alright so I believe that I believe you understand that now and uh, because tonight I'm a firm believer that God wants to use you I'm a firm believer that God wants to use you God wants to use me. God wants to use you. So, everyone, say say this after me. Say, God wants wants to use me. Say it again like you mean it. God wants wants to use me. Now, turn to your neighbor and tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, guess what? God wants to use you. So, now that we all understand, God wants to use every single one of you here tonight. There's a young man, he's in 8th grade, his name is Josh. He goes to Blue Mountain, uh, Blue Mountain, PA. And he, he, uh, he was at one of our Pendels Winter Retreat. He came to Winter Retreat, and, um, and he came to one of our Youth Alive workshops that we were doing. He felt God stirring something in his heart. He said, I need to do something for God. God wants to use me. He went back home, he started praying. He said, "You know what? I'm going to go and do start a Bible club at my public high school, or public middle school." So he got all the materials necessary. He went to his public school, middle school, and he said, "I want to start a Bible club." They gave him access to a room. He got a teacher sign. He did all the legwork because like I said, in a public school, it's not just, "Oh, sure, you can talk about Jesus. I'll let you." He had to do all the legwork. He went through all the legwork. He had his first Bible club meeting. He had 90 students show up to his Bible club. 90 students. First Bible club ever to be had in that public high school. 90 students. The next one, he had over 110 students show up to his Bible club. Now, don't tell me that your public school is a lost cause. Don't tell me that there's, there's, oh, there's no students in my, club, in my school that are either a Christian or really care to know who God is. Friends, there are students across Pennsylvania and Delaware that are hungry for the truth. would say truth. truth. They want to know what real love is. They want to know how to fill a void that's in their life. You might be here tonight and you're like, yeah, yeah, Joe, you're right. There's a void in my life. I don't know how to fill it either. Well, let me tell you, the only way to fill that void is Jesus Christ. And if you're already filled with Jesus Christ, then guess what? The void is that God's prompting you to do something and you just don't know exactly what it is yet. And I'm praying by the end of tonight, you'll understand, man, God wants to use me, God wants to use you, to do greater things. Amen? I said amen. Amen. However God calls you to be used, respond by saying yes. However... God calls you to be used, respond by saying yes. God wants to use you to point others to Jesus Christ. Whether that's through a Bible club, whether that's through just, hey, we're going to go pray as a, as a group of students around a flagpole, whether it's, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going, to, I'm going to give out free cookies on the first day of school. I'm going to give out free popsicles or whatever in the name of Jesus Christ for, for this student body. Or, hey, you know what? I, I, I play sport. How many of you guys are in sports? Alright, so maybe like, you know what, before we actually go out to the game, before we actually take center court, hey, let's pray for the game before we start. Or maybe God's prompting upon you to do a devotional with your school school sports team. Say, hey man, we're going to do a devotional before we go out to the court. However you see fit, however God wants to use you, because let me tell you something, God wants to use each of you uniquely to reach unique students that are on your school property. Look around. We're all not the same, friends. And that's okay. But we can all serve the same God. Amen? We all know that God sent Jesus to die for every single one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we look like, no matter what age I look like, no matter what gender I am, Jesus Christ came and died for you and me. Friends, God wants to use you to tell His story. God wants to use you to point others to Jesus Christ. Everybody say, God wants to use me. God wants to use me. So the question tonight is, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready to respond to that call? Are you ready to do exactly what God's told you to do? Are you ready to be used by God? See, God has a great plan for you, friends. He has hopes. He has dreams for you to do great things on this side of heaven. And some of you are like, well, I can't do great things. I don't even have a job. I can't do great things. My family's all dysfunctional. I can't do great things. I'm just, I'm a horrible, uh, I'm a a horrible student in school. I I, I can't do great things. My mom and dad say, man, you're just a bum. I can't do great things. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ says that you and I can do great things for God on this side of heaven. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus says this to all of His disciples as they're walking. He says, check this out, friends. Truly I tell you, whoever believes in Me, whoever believes in Jesus Christ, He's speaking, will do the works I have been doing, and they'll do even greater. Everybody say greater. Greater, greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. How many of you guys know what Jesus did on this side of heaven? Anybody? Jesus do shout out some stuff that Jesus did before he died. What did Jesus do? Let's say it louder. He what? Who's saying that? What did he do? I really. What do you? Healed he healed the blind. That's right. What else did Jesus do? Let's go. Shout out the man, is this the first? Th- hey, do y'all know who Jesus is? Yeah. All right. What did he do? Tell me. He made he turned water into wine. He, on he walked on water. Lepers. He what? Healed lepers. Healed lepers. What else? He what? Raised people from the dead. Not one person. He raised many people from the dead. Anybody else? What else? Hey, yeah, oh she got her hand raised, like all prim and proper. What's up? He made the cripple walk. Again. He made the cripple walk again, right? Like that stuff is insane. That stuff is crazy. And Jesus is telling him, check it out. The things you've seen me do, you can do even greater. What's greater than raising someone from the dead? My mind's still blown, what's that gonna be? What's greater? Can I tell you, we need a generation of young people that actually believe that God wants to use them to do miracles. We need a generation of young people that say, you know what? Jesus said that I can do greater things. Guess what? I'm going to go ahead and do some greater things on my school mission field. I'm going to do greater things for Jesus on my school mission. Why can't you guys be the ones praying for people and seeing them healed on school property? Why can't you be the ones leading an altar call on school property? Why can't you be the ones I believe you can. I believe you can. You've got to want it. You've got to want to be used by God. You've got to want to be used by God. You know God wants to use you, He wants to use me. Turn to him and says, "God wants to use you." Now Everyone say, "God wants to use me." Now for what? Let me tell you something. God's not going to use you so you can sit up here and say, oh, that's right. That's right. I just prayed for somebody and they got healed. I'm the man. Joe Cali's the man. Oh, that's right. We gave up, we gave out 500 free cookies to everybody that walked in to our school. That's right. And I paid for every one of them. That's right. I did that. No. Nah, friends when you do things for God, when you do things like that, when you when you say, God, I want to be used by you, Matthew 5.16 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Every good deed you do should point others to Jesus Christ. Everything you do should point others to Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Everything we do should bring glory to Jesus Christ, to God your Father. Everything. Everything. If you're going to be leading a Bible club, that's not for you to get the accolades. It's for God to to show up. And it's for you to be able to say, you know what, I'm doing this because I know God's called me to do this. I'm doing this because I know how how much your life is important to Jesus Christ. I'm doing this because I know that God loves you so much that He died for you. On my way in today, we're 20 minutes out. So check this out. I know you guys might not drive two hours from here. Some of you guys might not even drive. But if you do have a license, I drove two hours here. It took a totally different route, Pastor Mike, than I did last time. I am very like I am like hey GPS it all day long maps ways whatever I, I I don't even care I don't even look at the route I just say yep it says it says 2 hours or it's like 1 hour and 54 minutes yeah I'll take that route instead you know, I just I just say yep just get me there I want to get there as fast as possible Tonight I was just here a few months ago I think it was a few months ago but like tonight my directions took me a totally different path At first I'm like I wanted to make sure, because there's... Some of you guys might not know this, but there's two morning stars, you know? So I was like, man, I pray to God I'm going to the right church. You know? I I would hate for... Like, hey, uh, bro, I am at a different church, you know? So I want to double check and I was on the right path. And I'm driving, I'm driving, and like, I'm 20 minutes away and it wants me to go on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And I'm like, why? I'm only 20 minutes out. Why do I need the Turnpike? Well... I, again, I filed the GPS. All right, boss. Go into uh, the rest area. Um, as I pull into the rest area, there's a lady out there, there's two ladies and a guy. Um, one car looks like it's got banged up and the other, there's a truck with a dolly on the back. Looks like they're about to tow it away, you know? And I, but they're all like, they got, we they got, could just know when people like, kind of need help. Or they're kind of trying to figure out what to do. So we were pulling in, and my, my son called me. And he's like, "I was like, I feel like we need to go and stop and talk with them." But, but yo, know, I man, I gotta go to the bathroom real fast first. You know, I, I gotta take care, of, you know, business. And um, so we went into the rest area. And on my way back, I said, you know, if they're still out there, we're gonna go to make sure they're okay. So we get out, and sure enough, they're still there. Kind of the same scene. Nothing's changed. So, I'm like, all right. So, and, and really, I'm uh, I'm only twenty minutes from the church. So I pull in, and I roll them and I say, hey, do you guys need a hand? They were just like, it was almost like they saw an angel. They were like, oh my goodness, you don't understand. And she comes and tells me. She's like, I said, I say, hey, my name is Joe. I said, you know, the, she's like, and she looks serious. She's like, you don't understand. I lost my mother back in October. and um, And when I lost her, like, I just, I feel like ever since she left me, like, I've, God is she's sending me angels, you know. And you're my angel. I said, No, 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 no. I said, I ain't no angel. I said, I want to let you know God's God sees you. And I just stopped here. I'm just want to help you, you know. So then she proceeds to tell me that they need help, you know, pushing the truck on whatever. Um, but she's not the driver. The driver was her daughter, Dominique, granddaughter. That's right. It was a granddaughter and a and a daughter. Granddaughter Dominique was the driver. And uh, so then she's like. I was like, so can we not start this car? What's going on? And I just know Dominique. Dominique is like, if you've never been into an accident, then you don't understand. But if you've been into an accident, that when people get into accidents, your your nerves like you're shook, literally shook, like it's hard to rationalize what's even going on. So anyhow, um, I see that she's all shook up. And I was like, hey, I told her who I am. I'm just trying to help you. You type stuff. And, and you know, I just kind of helped her. So we did the thing. And before I left, I just looked at her. I said, I want you to know something, Dominique. I said, God loves you. God cares about you. I said, do you have a relationship with God? And she's like, she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I do. And I said, can I pray with you? And I prayed with her. She started bawling her eyes out. Started bawling her eyes out. So I don't know all the details of her life. I don't know everything that was going on. But you know what? For that moment, God wanted to use me. For that moment, God wanted to use me. Not to point to like, oh man, Joe, you're so cool, you're so kind, you're like a good Samaritan, blah, blah, blah. No. But that moment was to bring glory to God. Does that make sense? So no matter what we do in life, friends, we need to make sure we point things to God. So on your school property, on your mission field, you're pointing people to Jesus. With everything you do, whether your grades, whether your study time, your study hall, whatever it is, you're pointing people to God. Because every good deed that you do should glorify your Father in heaven. Does that make sense? Everybody say, God wants to use me. But are you ready? Are you ready? Like I literally, I I wanted to be here right on time. But I knew God was prompting me to do something to help that lady. So I knew I had to be ready to do what God wanted me to do at that moment. So are you ready to do what God's called you to do on your school mission field? Has God called? Are you ready to do what God's called you to do? Whatever that looks like, it's going to be different. It might be different than Josh's story from leading a Bible club. It might be different from your friends, uh, uh, do, what they're doing. But let me tell you something. God wants to use you to reach people for Jesus Christ. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how dumb you think you are or how smart you think you are. I don't care how cool you think you are or how unpopular you think you are. God wants to use you not, not just so you can say, oh man, I got a medal. I'm the captain of the team. God wants to use you to point others to Jesus Christ. Are you ready? God wants to do great and mighty things through you and for you. There's a story in the Bible. Second Chronicles chapter 16. What time do I end, Pastor? I'm sorry. It's 8.23. Do we know? Do I have to end now? Good. 10 or 15 minutes total, right? Okay, good. So this, this story, this passage is this. Okay, check it out. There's three kings... King Basha of Israel, King Asa of Judah, and King Ben Hadad of Syria. So, can I get three individuals real fast? You three right here. Paul, bam, let's, go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Champion dude over there. Real dude over there. This guy right here. Over there. Okay. So, we got three guys real fast. We have King Basha of Israel, champion. We have King Asa of Judah right here. And then we have um, King Ben Hadad over there, Syria. So, King Asa, man, he was the real deal. He had favor with God. He was winning battle after battle after battle after battle. Like, yo, like every people that came and tried to destroy you, man, King Asa, you knew what's up. You knew, hey, God, what do I do? Bam. And God gave him victory. Victory after victory after victory. Until one day. Everybody say one day. One day. One day, King Basha, bam, champion, of Israel, he decides, you know what? And I'm paraphrasing this because we got time. We ain't got time for all this. But he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to take out King Asa. So... Champion dude over here, he sets up military perimeter around King Asa and all of his army, his territory, and everything like that. No bloodshed, but what he did was making sure that King Asa was not allowed to leave. No one was al- allowed to leave Judah and, and things like that. So like he encompassed him and King Asa's like, in Joe Cali terms, oh crap. There's a lot of people. I'm in trouble. King Asa then sends money, gold, silver from the Lord's house and his personal house and you go ahead and you send it. I don't even know how they sent it back then, but they sent it, just throw it said to this guy right here, and he said, yo, king, I need help. I need help. Can you please come and go attack that guy's land over there so he can stop fighting me? Does that make sense? So this guy's like, bro, I got all that golden money? Yeah, I got that. I got you, bro. I got you. So he goes ahead and does that. Bam, he starts fighting the military over here. Boom, boom, boom. This guy gets wigged out. He's like, okay, fine. King Asa, maybe we'll get you later. And he goes and retreats everybody back. All right, thank you. Give these guys a hand. Now that sounds cool. That sounds good, but check it out. But check it out. The Bible says in verse uh, in verse nine. So King Asa is a godly man. God used him to win victory after victory. God sought the, uh, he sought the face of God, and then in verse eight, eight to nine it says this: "There's a man." Sorry, it's verse 7. But I ain't open there. The prophet is Hanani. Hanani comes, the prophet prophet of God, and he comes to King Asa. He says, King Asa, Weren't the Cushites, the Libyans, a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Weren't they big in number? Yet, when you relied on the Lord... He delivered them into your hand. Every one of them, He delivered them. But for now, verse 9, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You have done a foolish thing, King Asa. And from now on, you'll be at war. What? King Asa he used to be a man of God. He took his eyes off of God. And he, he got freaked out. And bro, like, I, I need help. And instead of going to God for direction, he went to man. And then from that day on, he was at war, and he actually died a young death at 41 years old of a disease. He was so stubborn in his ways, he refused to repent to God. So let me tell you something. Why are you saying that? What is that? How does that make sense? The prophet of the Lord reminded King Asa, "When you, the Lord your God, will give strength." to those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Friends, what God's calling you to do is gonna be bold inside of your school. You're gonna need some strength that you've never had before. You're gonna need some wisdom that you've never had before. And the only way you're gonna get it is through staying focused on God. The only way you're gonna receive it, the only way you're gonna be successful is by staying focused on God. Being fully committed to God. Not taking your eyes off of the prize. Rather running this race with an excellence. Are you ready to do what God's called you to do? I used to play basketball. In middle school I started. In high school I just started to love the game of basketball. I played basketball at college. And that's not really like something cool to brag about. I'm just saying I I, I played ball at Valley Forge Christian College back then basketball was life how many guys like to play basketball I saw a bunch of guys out there earlier you know like ball is life right I mean it's legit it's a lot of fun so I love playing I was always prepared in high school I was always prepared to play I always had a pair of basketball uh, uh, basketball shorts under my pants I wore because I was ready to play. If my friend, if my champion dude said, yo, let's go play some ball, I said, let's go. I'm already prepared. My shorts are on under my jeans, all right? I was ready. I was always ready to play basketball. I was always ready. Why? Because I loved it so much. I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss an opportunity. I didn't want to miss an opportunity to play. I remember when we, one night at midnight, I used to keep a pair of basketball shoes and a pair of shorts just in the trunk of my car because of moments like this. One night I was hanging out with with my friends at their house. It was about about midnight and we all looked at each other and, and one of the friends was like, bro, you think what I'm thinking? What? Let's go play some ball. Midnight? Let's go. Let's go right now. Let's go. So we all hopped in the cars. We went to the local park. And back then, they didn't, have, they didn't provide like cool sensors or whatever that you can you, know, you can put uh, the lights on, the, the parks and things like that. It was pitch black. But yo, we had four or five cars roll up. We put all our headlights on and we played ball till 2 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because we just loved it. I was ready to play. If I didn't have my shorts and my, and my shoes in my trunk, guess what? I would have been on the sideline crying like a baby. But I was ready. I was ready. I didn't want to miss out an opportunity. Friends, God wants to use you. Are you ready? Are you really ready to do what God's calling you to do? Are you ready to be used by God? Only you can answer that question. Only you can respond to God for you. And only you will be responsible will be responsible for how you answer. Don't let another school year go by to just do school. Don't let another school year go by to just become a star athlete. Have a bigger dream than that. Have a bigger vision than that. Jesus says you can do greater things on this side of heaven. Being a star athlete, that's nothing doing greater things for God, what can that be? Start dreaming. Start dreaming. Be fully committed to God. Not fully committed to God only when my boyfriend's not around. Fully committed to God when I'm only in church. No. Fully committed to God no matter where you go. No matter who you're hanging out with. Fully committed to God. That's the... That's who God is looking for. Looking back and forth on the earth. Saying, hey, who can I use? Who can I use? Is it a 7th grader out there in Quakertown? I see you. That 10th grader that goes to the Christian school? Yeah, I can use you. He's looking for people who are fully committed to God. So as we close here, for a few moments. One account, it's written in in John chapter twenty one. Peter and his the disciples were out fishing on a boat all night long. They couldn't catch a stinking fish. They couldn't catch anything all night long. This was after Jesus rose from the grave. They're out there about a hundred. They say the Bible says about a hundred yards offshore, and then all of a sudden comes morning time. They hear a voice from land. The voice from land. And the voice from land says this. It's Jesus standing on the shore. Friends, don't you have any fish? They all answered, no. Verse 6, he said, Throw your net on the other side of the boat, and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net because of so many fish they caught. The disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, For that's the Lord... That's Jesus. As soon as... Everybody say, as soon as. As soon as Peter heard him say, it's Jesus, he wrapped his outer garment, jumped in the water, and went to go to land. The rest of them stayed in the boat, took care of the fish, and bring, bring it back to land. Friends, I'm telling you tonight, God, when God prompts something on your heart, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do something, don't waste time. Don't put it off. As soon as God puts something in your heart and in your spirit, man, jump all in. Go after it. Don't stop. Peter was like, bro... That's Jesus. Bam! And he swam a hundred yards. I don't know how long that would take you, but I'm just saying, he went a hundred yards. He did not wait. He did not think, oh, you know what? Is the water cold today? No. He just ran in because why? He couldn't wait to see Jesus. How many of you in this house today can't wait to see what God can do in your school this year? How many of you in this house today can't wait to just be used by God? Friends, I'm telling you, there's teenagers here tonight that God has Prompted you upon your heart. He gave you a name of a person. He gave you an idea as we were preaching. You don't go home tonight and say, Huh, well, that was cool. Maybe I'll do that next year. No, you go home tonight and you say, God, give me ways how to start that tomorrow. And then tomorrow you go to school and make it happen. If it's an individual's name he gave you, man, don't wait. Oh, maybe I'll see him next time I we cross path. No, you make sure you cross path with that person tomorrow. Don't wait. Because let me tell you. God is drawing people to himself. And he wants to use you to reach them. How many people can you reach this year? Honestly, that's not up to God. It's up to you. Will you be used by God this year? So as you pray, for a few moments, I'm going to ask you that question. God wants to use you. Are you ready? Are you ready? you ready. The Bible says He's a rewarder to those who diligently seek Him. So for about five minutes I want you I don't know if you guys want to play a song, whatever, we could just keep it quiet, I don't care. But for five minutes, I want you to seek God's face and say, God I want to be used by you. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So I'm going to ask you to, if you need to get up, find like, gather all around here. So if you want to stand to your feet, some of you guys go out there, some goes out there, wherever you want to go. If you want to stay in your seat, go for it. But I'm just asking this is a diligently seeking God. You're not, you're not sitting there and you're not praying whatever your friend's praying. No, this is a you and God time. Does that make sense? It's a you and God time. So I want you to seriously seek the face of God for five minutes. Some of you guys, like, honestly, I'm looking at this like, man, only five minutes. Well, this is a starting point for you guys. Do you understand? This is a starting point. And God's going to drop things and ideas in the next five minutes into your heart that were God-given. Not Joe Cowley-given, not Pastor Mike-given, but God-given. Does that make sense? So, I'm going to pray. Before I do, if you want to get up, disperse right now. So there's no moving around. I'm going to pray. Alright, when we got our space, I'm just going to say a simple prayer. Those of you guys out there that you are seeking the face of God, I want you to pray for five minutes. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to give it to Pastor Mike, and whenever he wants to close it all out, if you want to do two minutes, it's up to you, Pastor Mike. Alright, but I'm just going to pray and we want to seek the face of God. Father God, I thank you that you're not a God that shows favoritism to anybody. God, you respond to those who say, God, I want to be used by you. So tonight, as we diligently seek you just for a few moments here tonight as a group, Father God, I pray that you deposit things in each student's heart, in their spirit, Father God, in their mind. So Maybe it's a person's name. Maybe it's an outreach. You're giving them a creative idea. Whatever it is, Father God, I pray that, that you speak to them tonight and Lord, I pray that these students won't go home thinking, oh, no, that didn't work. No, man, let them understand, man. What you're doing right now, you are speaking to them. You are softening their hearts. You are helping their ears hear exactly what you want them to be. So I pray for the students. Help them to seek you diligently and often. Help them to say yes to whatever you tell them to do. And I declare by the end of this year, They would have done great and mighty things in the name of Jesus. And their schools will never be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus.